Talking Travel with Sally Lucas on 2NURFM. And we're going to stay Australian. Go somewhere cold and somewhere warm. 2NURFM. We're talking travel on 2NURFM with Sally Lucas joining me, Jan Klein. And because we're thinking about uh, airlines and uh, things to do with flying, uh, as you can see from the 2NURFM Facebook page, Sally, we're starting off with uh, a couple of memories or a couple of remarkable moments we've seen from planes. Let me start. I was flying up from Sydney, Sydney Harbour, one, mm-hmm. oh, Sydney, over Sydney Harbour, yes. and uh, it was evening and there'd been clouds around and there was a rain. But it was an upside-down rainbow. And as we went further, it became a total O. That was just a remarkable experience. Would have been fantastic, Jane. I mean, I've had many over the years as well, and you, you struggle with them, though, to remember. But I guess I'll, I'll remember the most recent one because I think that's the easiest, which was when I went down to Hobart last weekend or last Friday, actually. And, of course, as we all know, they had that incredible dump of snow down there earlier in that week. So as we flew down, and I made sure I, I booked myself a window seat on that side of the aircraft. And do think about that when you're booking your seats, by the way. If you're wanting to take advantage of a view where you're flying over or into something, just have a think about what side of the plane you might need to see that view. So I'd booked a a window side on F and um, we were flying down over the Central Highlands just as the sun was dipping away into the horizon. And there was this incredible depth of snow over Central Tasmania and there were some lakes as well, which they've got many of. And here was this beautiful sun setting where I was getting pale oranges, gorgeous deep pinks, um, you know, highlighting the cloud below me and then also the snow beneath that again. And it was just a myriad of of white, pink and orange. It was absolutely stunning. And I was just so happy to be flying in at that time. And also we had a clear sky, so we weren't covered by cloud. There was just little puffs of cloud, you know, which meant I got the beautiful view. So, yes. Well done. Lovely moment. Lovely moment. (laughs) And here we are flying on on this very journey towards... Tasmania. We may as well stay there. We started there, so we're going to stay there. Um, it's my little secret love affair, but I guess it's not anymore. I've just told everybody. But I really do love Tassie and, and a wonderful time down there, as I, I have spoken about before last November. And this was just a quick flit for the weekend this time. And um, But it was wonderful. It was cold. Yes, of course, it was cold, but it was clear most days. We had a little bit of cloud cover. Saturday was just stunning, like today, absolute brilliant sunshine and um, we went to the Salamanca markets again and honestly they are the most wonderful markets I mean Tassie really promotes itself with all its artisan products and crafts and it, it's just wonderful you just get you could buy nearly something at every other stall except this time we didn't have a car so I couldn't so but I still managed to sneak a few things in but the, the markets on a Saturday at Salamanca are Fantastic, as I said, from artisan products, food, wine, you know, everything, produce, etc. And then we've, we'd already done Mona, so we didn't do that again. And we went out for a nice lunch with some friends to a lovely seafood restaurant called Prosser's. Um, and then we sort of just potted around for the rest of the afternoon, went to Mawson's Huts, the replica of Mawson's Huts in Antarctica. And it's an absolute identical replica. Same, they've used the same hue and pine, everything down to the last detail. And there's incredible black and white footage plus throughout there of you know film that was taken at that time and listening to the voices and, and reading the story so if you're ever down there that's certainly worth a visit is that a whole antarctic uh, sort of show i suppose well it's it, you're just walking through a it's exactly the same size hut it's quite near constitution dock so it's it's in that area and then as you walk around there's like if you like a, a hallway goes around what is the replica of the hut and as you go around you can read about the different things that happened along the 
the way what happened to the people who were down there, who they were, their ages, photos of them. And then there's little black and white movies playing at different spots as you go around before you enter the actual hut. And then there's copies of notes that Shackleton had written and everything there when he was away, what they had to do, a list of what was in the in the pantry. It's really very, very interesting if you want to go and do that. It was certainly well worth it. And you always almost had some real snow there. Well, we did, and um, certainly earlier in the week, Scott did, and of course there was snow on Mount Wellington still, needless to say. Um, so that was that, but then on the next day we hired a car for the day, which is an easy thing to do, and we could have done a myriad of things, but we went to do a couple of the vineyards around the Hobart area. There's not as many there as there are around the Tamar Valley and Launceston, but we went out to a lovely one for lunch, um, Stefano Lubiana, and there's a lovely Osteria, or Italian restaurant there, and we also went to Frogmore, which is another winery down there, and tasted some lovely wines as well, um, which is really fantastic. And then, of course, at night we went to some beautiful restaurants. They've just got a, 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 some wonderfully modern, really modern restaurants in Hobart now. But you could have gone to Mountfield National Park. That's a day away. You could have gone down to the Huon Valley, which is only 45, 55 minutes. You could have gone to Bruny Island for the day. So if you're thinking of going to Tassie just for a quick flit, you know, if you haven't got the few weeks to do an extended touring holiday, there is a million things you can do in a two to three to four days in and around Hobart. Fantastic. And certainly enhancing your um, eating and drinking experiences. Absolutely. Too. I can write a book on those. Someone <laughs> said I should have a blog the other day listing all the restaurants I've been to. <laughs> Definitely. Your easy listening alternative to NURFM. It's 20 past one. Sally Lucas, we're talking travel and we do it for our sponsor, Travel on King. And we are going to the nation's capital. We are. We haven't been there for a long time, Jane, have we? I don't think. I'm not on the show anyway, unless we you have been personally. certainly need to uh, keep tabs on it. We do. And Floriad, I thought, was a good reason to talk about it, which I have been to only once. But it is an iconic event in Canberra, and it's now in its 27th year. And it runs from the 12th of September through to the 11th of October. And it showcases about a million flowers in bloom throughout Canberra's Commonwealth Park, and entry is free. Um, so, But it's very busy. And it's open from 9 till 5 Monday to Friday, 9 till 5.30 weekends and public holidays. Um, but, yes, and there's lots of other things happening there. There's entertainment. There are stalls selling craft and artisan products. There's all sorts of things as well as the display of flowers. And also they have what they call Night Fest, Floriade Night Fest, where it comes to life after dark and they have live music acts, comedians, DJs, night markets, roving entertainment, etc. But if you go onto the website of you know, Canberra Events, if you want, or even just Floriade Australia, you'll get lots of information on that. And wonderful spring flowers in that climate. Oh, yes. And they're just so colourful and so beautiful. And the way they display them, you know, it's just amazing. It's just really... And they have a wonderful herb section too, which I found some herbs I hadn't heard of, you know, and telling you about their medicinal properties and so on. So that was excellent to go to also. Now, while you're there, of course, if you are going to go, you can't just go to Floriard. You should definitely go to the Australian War Memorial. Every time I go, they've sort of added something new. There's a new exhibition or a new edition. And it really is a fabulous thing for us to have in our country. And the detail of every section is amazing. And also at the moment, they've also, they've got the Afghan, which is the latest one. The Afghanistan story is the latest edition. Um, but they've got many. Like You've got the ones with the airplanes. You've got the ones uh, honouring our VC 
um, guys who've won the VC for us, conflicts from the Second World War, First World War. They've got the Anzac Hall, the Aircraft Hall, as I said, the Hall of Valour. Um, in- very interesting. You could spend hours and hours and hours there. But at the moment, they've also got, Jane, the, um, the German tank, the Mephisto, um, which has arrived at the Australian War Memorial. And it's been for 70 years, after 70 years of exhibition in Queensland, it's the first time it's left Queensland to come here and it's going to be on display in the Anzac Hall from the 27th of July Ah. So it's already started, but it's yes. be there for a while. If you, again, if you go onto the Canberra Events website, I'm not sure when that event finishes, but it would be worth checking out. But certainly she's going to be there for a while, the old tank. The other thing you should do is go to the National Zoo and Aquarium. Now, it's the only combined zoo and aquarium in Australia. So that you've got two attractions in one on about seven hectares of ground, and it's only about five minutes from the centre of Canberra. What you can do there, which I've done, which is absolutely wonderful, is have an interactive encounter with a cheetah, which is fantastic. Um, Absolutely wonderful. Um, You mean actually in there, hand to paw, more or less? Hand to paw. And you should hear them when they purr. They rumble. It's amazing. And it licked my arm and snuggled up to me. Oh, look, it was just the most amazing experience. Uh, Just fantastic. You didn't challenge it to a run, though, did you? Not at all. Not at all. Um, But there are other animal encounters you can do with, um, bears, tigers, white lions, otters, red panda, all sorts of things which take place daily. If you go onto the National Zoo and Aquarium website, you'll get lots of information on there, but it is quite a fantastic zoo to visit. Now, if you don't want to go anywhere cold... Ah, somewhere warm. How about somewhere warm? Port Douglas, gorgeous little play, part of the world, should I say, in Australia that I, I do love as well. I uh, haven't been there for five years, so I must be a bit overdue, Jane. <laughs> Stop going south and start heading north again. Um, but look, it's got so much to do up there. You've got the beautiful Mossman Gorge. You've got the Daintree, which is world renowned, where it supposedly is the oldest form of cycad has been found there, which is your old fern. So it's it's really quite an incredible place from a botanical point of view. You've got Cape Tribulation, of course, and Cooktown, not that much further up if you want to go that far as well. Also, what you've got to remember is that Port Douglas is the most accessible if you like, town, to the Great Barrier Reef. Now, if you're going from Cairns, you're going to go all the way up past Port Douglas to get to the best parts of the reef. So if you're in Port Douglas, you're saving yourself an extra hour each way in transportation. And there's a a myriad of different reefs and bommies and holes that you can go out and visit in that area. I have mentioned this company before, Poseidon, which is um, quite a quaint name, isn't it? But they are the only cruise company who are actually licensed to take you to all of those types, like I've just mentioned, the hole, the bombing, the different reefs. They're very efficient. It's not a huge boat. It's not what I call a cattle truck that takes hundreds of people. It does only take a small group of people. And they're very particular with safety, etc. And if one's not right weather-wise, they can always then take you to another. And you could also even see minky whales up there as well which we were lucky enough to do which was quite fantastic as well as all the other marine life that you'll see as well as the reefs and Port Douglas has just got a lovely village atmosphere with lots of lovely little cafes and you've got choices from backpackers to you know self-contained apartments to high-end boutique to 
you know, large resorts. So you've got a wide range of accommodation to choose from as well. So And shopping. And shopping is great. Lovely little boutique shops for the ladies. Mm-hmm. I can tell you that. Lovely mm-hmm. little shops. So all good and lovely good fresh seafood and wonderful things. It's a nice part of Australia. It really is. And delightful and lovely and warm at this time of the year. Fantastic. And we'll talk travel again next Friday after the one o'clock news. Thank you, Sally Lucas. Thank you, Jane. And you can catch this program on podcast on 2NURFM.com.